your eyes to see, God, what you will have us to see and what you will have us to hear. So we thank you on tonight that our hearts are open and receptive to receive your word on tonight. And Father, I thank you on tonight that I have been crucified, that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go back over briefly what we went over last Tuesday. And I pray that these teachings, they are helping the body of Christ to realize what their place is in the body of Christ. When you realize where you fit in the body of Christ, we can stay in our lane and there won't be any confusion. There won't be um, confusion, but there will be peace because God is about peace and not about confusion. So as we go over um, these gifts, it's going to help you to recognize where you are with the gifts. And as you recognize where you are, you still got to be taught and you still got to be trained. So the gift that you do have, you will be able to operate in it efficiently. Amen. We learned that um, nobody in the body of Christ is more important than uh, any other person. All of us are here in the body of Christ to do what God has called us to do. And we want to do it um, together. Go with me back to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we'll start here. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And um, starting with verse 4, he said, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. When we look at that word diversity, it can be a variety or it can be different um, gifts, but the same spirit. What that is saying there are differences of gift, but it's the same spirit that operate through these gifts. The Holy Spirit is the one that manifests through these gifts for us to be effective in the body of Christ. And then it goes on to say, and there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. When we look at the differences of administrations, but the same Lord, I'll go back over that. And there are diversities of operations. But it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So when um, the manifestation, we went over um, last Tuesday what that is. When he said that there are differences of gift, we look at the operational gifts, and we call them motivational gifts. Um, we look at administrations, and that's the ministry gifts. And the manifestation is what the Holy Spirit uses in order for us to function efficiently in the body of Christ. So I talked about how the Holy Spirit manifests himself through the church to help you to fulfill and function in whatever gift um, you have. So that's what the manifestation is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 11. Um, it gives you the manifestation gifts. So we talked about the administration gifts, which is the uh, ministry gifts. And this is how the Holy Spirit managed the church and is called from the operational, motivational gifts to bring the operational gifts to maturity. And I'm going to go over this again once I re, um, do it all. Now, the operational, which is the motivational gifts, is how the Holy Spirit operates through the members of the church to do the work of the ministry. To see the operation and motivational gifts, you can go to Romans chapter 12 verses 3 through verse 8 to see the administrative administration gifts which is the ministry 
gifts, you can go to Ephesians, starting with um, chapter 4, verse 11. And then the manifestation is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through 11. Now, there are differences of gifts, but all of these gifts, they work together. So this is how we supposed to be functioning in the body of Christ. This is why it's so important that some people may tell you, okay, you have a call on your life. God has called you to pastor. You have to put that on the shelf because there is a making of a pastor. There's a making of an apostle. There's a making of an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher. So you have to understand, and a prophet. So when, when um, someone revealed that to you, you put it on the shelf because you need to be up under a apostle, up under a pastor, a teacher, evangelist, a prophet. Why? Because they're going to help you to get to maturity. They're going to equip you in the body of Christ so you will be able to operate in these motivational gifts. So you don't just start out being a pastor without already operating in one of these motivational gifts. Some people jump to pastor, but they don't know about a server. They don't know about a perceiver. They don't know about a giver. They don't know about um, a person that shows compassion. They don't know about these seven other um, gifts in the body of Christ. So you can't jump from um, operational motivational gifts and just say, I'm going to be a pastor and you bypass that. This is why you got to know your place in the body of Christ so you can be able to function the way you need to function. Some people will put you somewhere that you have not developed to be yet. Some people tell people, okay, you need to pastor. I want you to, just because a person know the word don't mean that they can be a pastor. Because a pastor is going to start out having compassion, having mercy. A pastor is going to be a giver. A pastor is going to be one that um, know how to manage, that know how to rule. A pastor is going to be one that's a perceiver as well. They're going to meet these seven um, gifts over here under the motivational gifts. How do I know? Because I walked in that area. And if I can't be a giver, how in the world am I going to pastor somebody when I'm not a giver? How in the world am I going to show love to somebody if I'm not compassionate even before I get into this position? And one thing about these motivational gifts to encourage you, um, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, God had already prepared you or placed one of these gifts in you. And when you come out your mother's womb and you begin to grow up and you, uh, your parents are teaching you, you're going to notice some of these things that motivate you. Some of you at an early age may have been motivated to teach. You always love teaching somebody. Or some of you at an early age, you were a perceiver. You, you tell people just how it is. Some of you may have been somebody that shows um, a giver. You, you give last. When your mama tell you, say, now look. I'm giving this to you. This is all I have. Don't you give it to nobody else. You come back in the house and you say, Mama, can I have some more potato chips? Didn't I tell you I didn't have no more potato chips? What happened to your potato chips? Well, somebody was outside and they looked like they needed potato chips more and I needed potato chips, so I gave them potato chips. They're not only showing being a giver, but they're showing kindness. They're showing being compassionate. So 
when you know what these gifts are, you can look at children and tell where they are at an early age. You can say, my child is always a giver. My child is always being compassionate. You will know where your child fit. And that's why the Bible says, train up your child in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart from it. So if you knew what these gifts were when you were growing up, when you have children, you would know where your children are supposed to be. And you would know how to handle your children. So we're going to go on with the gifts, but I want to go over something else. I want to make sure everybody understand that there are differences of gifts. This is what Paul is trying to illustrate to let the body know you're going to fit in these categories, even with the motivational or the ministry gifts. But the manifestation is where the Holy Spirit comes in and he manifests himself through a perceiver. He may give a perceiver a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or discerning of spirits. This is why it says that the spirit will, um, you know, as the spirit wills. When you deal with these uh, manifestation, it's as the spirit wills. If the Holy Spirit see that there's a person that's out showing compassion, and that person that's showing compassion, he might stir up the gift of prophecy in that person at that time to help them to function in that motivational gift. This is why you have the manifestations. And I believe that the body of Christ knew what place they supposed to be in in the body of Christ. We won't have everybody everywhere trying to do stuff they don't supposed to do. And you will stay in your lane and you will take joy in what you do. If you are a server, you're going to serve well. If you are a perceiver, you shouldn't have nobody putting you down because you hate sin. You love God so much that you don't put up with sin like everybody else does. And just like a server, they're always trying to serve in whatever capacity they can serve in. A server is not one that just stay in the kitchen and wait on everybody. A server is everywhere trying to help someone in need. That's what a server does. So when you know your function, you should give God glory that God has put this motivational gift in you to help the body of Christ. These gifts are not for our benefit. These gifts are to profit with all. That means that they're, they're there to benefit all, not us. So when we have these gifts, we can't turn them on and off because we want to turn them on and off. Mm, let me think. Today, I'm going to operate in the gift of prophecy. Let me go out there and see who I can um, give a word to. Oh, well, today I want to be a prophet. Tomorrow, I think I'll work at pastor. No, it don't work like that. So we have to understand how these gifts work in order to function in them. But I want to encourage you that each person in this room, God has given you a place in the body of Christ. He has given you a position, and you should not get upset to think that, well, I think I need to be more than a server. I need to be a prophet. I'm, I'm shooting for the prophet. Where if you cannot operate in what God has given you, God ain't going to make you no prophet. So that's what people are after. They're after the fivefold, but you got to go from a motivational gift to get to the fivefold. Now, why are they called operational gifts? I'll go over that again. Jesus used his body to operate in all these operational, motivational gifts here on the earth. When Jesus left the earth to be with the Father, he left these gifts to the body of Christ to operate just as if he was here. Is that not awesome? Jesus himself, when he walked the earth, 
He operated in every one of these motivational gifts. He did it. So when he left, he left these gifts with the church. And that the reason why he left them with the church so he can be right here amongst the church. And, and it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, the Amplified says, Now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each part has its own place and function. So we have to understand that all of us are part of God's body individually. We make up the body of Christ, that one body. Each member has a place in that body. So we have to understand that we just don't pick and choose what place we want to have. Ephesians 1, through 23 says this, And he has put all things under his feet, which is Jesus, and appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. So we know Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who make everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. So we make that body complete to one body. If, if the hand is missing, that body ain't complete. So that's why everybody have to know their function. We have need of one another. And I can say this. I'll use this for an example with Judah because Judah sets the table. And if everybody know that Judah sets the table, Judah has a place. But let's say that doing, um, before setting the table, Judah comes in and they practice. And while they're practicing, they need everybody's voice. And let's say that they have practiced the songs and everybody is there doing practice because every joint supply. Sunday morning come, we missing a voice. Does that affect what they have already put together? Yes, because that voice that they missing was right there in practice. So they know it's going to be missing because it's a distinct sound that's needed but if that voice said i'm not going to be there guess what's going to happen they're going to come together with what they have and they're going to make that distinct sound but they're still going to know that part is missing you never know what you have until it's missing some of us don't realize how important each person in the body of christ is needed and that's why we have to be in our place and function the way God has created us to function as one body, as a unit. When you do not do that, some people take this lightly. On the job, on your job, if you are at McDonald's, some people that work at McDonald's, you have the people that fry the burgers. You have the people that put stuff on the burgers. You, everybody have a function that they have to do. And this is why before they hire you, they have rules. And the reason why they have those rules, they let you know if you're unable to come to work, you have to call us beforehand. Why do they say call us beforehand? Because if you got somebody that's supposed to fry the burgers, guess what? They're going to have somebody else in place to make sure that they're trained to do it, but they may not have been on the schedule that day. So if that person don't call in, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a delay with you getting a burger and you trying to figure out why is it taking y'all so long to give me my burger? Because the person that was there to do that function decided right at the time they're supposed to have been there, I don't feel like coming in today. 
they just had that feeling. I don't feel like coming in. So that way it's putting pressure on the ones that's there. And then they're going to have to ask somebody, is there anybody in here that know how to fry a, a hamburger? Is there anybody that know how to make a cheeseburger? So they got somebody back there trying to do something that they never was trained to do. Where am I getting? This is what's happening in the body of Christ. All of us serve the same God. But God has people that are um, in position in the ministry gifts to train you the way that you should go so you can walk in it. They train you in that way so while they're training you, you will be able to carry out your function effectually. But some people that feel like, I don't need to come to church. That's why we have leaders and co-leaders. Why? If the leader cannot be here, the co-leader is going to pick up that function. That way, we're not missing a person. That person is there to carry what that leader could not carry. Let's say you have a leader that, um, I'll use the deacons for instance. Um, We have Brother Tyson here tonight. We don't have Brother Willie, nor we have uh, Brother Rick. But guess what? He know how things supposed to function. So he's going to take filling that gap of functioning the way that the body need to function so it won't put anything on me nor my husband and I can do my part and my husband can do his part. But let's say Brother Tyson say, well, they ain't coming tonight. I ain't coming either. I can get me some more sleep and wake up a happy camper. So the things that need to be done that the deacons do, now my husband, he's trying to run around and do what Brother Tyson do, so he can't even get in on Bible study because he's so overwhelmed with trying to keep up with what they're supposed to do. His mind is not there to hear what God is saying tonight. So what am I saying? Every joint supply, everybody in this house, and I'm sorry, Brother Tyson is here. Uh, Calvin, we have Calvin and um, Tyson here, but we don't have Willie, and we have four of them now, thank you, Lord. We don't have two of them here, but we know everybody has to be in place so the body of Christ can function the way God wants them to function. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. People want to go out and be a mouthpiece. But in order to be a mouthpiece, you got to be trained for it. Some people say, I don't need to come to church. I don't need to come to Bible study. I can read my Bible at home, and I can go out, and I can be a witness. Oh, yeah, you can go out and be a witness, but things that you need to know, how things are set up, you're not going to know the way you need to know it. Why do you think God set up a pattern in the church? He set up that pattern for us to go by so when we go outside the church, we can make disciples and we can bring them in the church for them to get trained in these motivational gifts or whatever ministry gift they may have so they'll be able to walk in those gifts. How do you think they come up with 3,000 and 5,000 people? They had to go outside the church. The problem is people want to stay within and want to take control in but don't want to go out because that's tradition. You see, and this is another thing that happens, how you know people are not getting taught effectually. Believers gather together. Some people have convocations. I say that's okay. If you're gathering together, get trained. But when you have these gatherings, you're supposed to come together to get trained so you can go out and make disciples, not just coming together just to come together because we have what we need and we need to take it outside the church. Some people gather together for more money. 
We don't do that, not unless there's something that God wants to happen in the body of Christ, and we're coming together to say, okay, we know it's givers in here. So if there's givers in here, we want to motivate these givers, but we do not just come together and just let it be amongst us. We want to get outside so we can bring people in to get trained. So don't think that you're one of the least. Every joint in here supplies with whatever you do that is a supply for the body of Christ. And these gifts were given before we were born. We established that in Psalms 139, 13 through 16. We established also that these gifts are not for you to pick or choose. They are God-given. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 it said, but now have God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. And then you must know your gift in order to function in that gift, 1 Peter 4.10. Now, I also talked about 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28. And the reason why I talked about that is Paul was using this scripture um, when he was saying that in the church, God has given first apostles, second prophets, thirdly teachers, the ones that work miracles, the gifts of healing, and those who can help others, and those who lead, and those who speak in different languages. What Paul was doing, he was pulling these gifts out of each one of these lists to let them know that everybody has a function in the body of Christ. That's what Paul was doing. If you don't understand how things are written, written in the Bible, then you will misread them and then you will try, try to go out and tell people something differently that the word is not saying. That's why you need um, to have the Holy Spirit to give you revelation upon what you're reading. So, do everybody understand the operational gifts, the ministrations, which is the ministry gifts, and the manifestation, how it's supposed to be? And I want to say again, everybody in the body of Christ is important. Amen. We need each other to function the way that um, we need to function. And I want to say this. I'm going to throw this in here because the Holy Spirit has given it to me. Um, a husband needs a wife. A wife needs a husband. Why? Because that was part of God's plan for them to be fruitful and to multiply as a husband and a wife. A man cannot have a child without that woman. The woman cannot have a child without that man. So both of them have to work together to produce a child. Is that not right? So that woman can never say, well, actually, some women will say, I don't need no man to have no child. You know what? They're now having machines and stuff out there where you can get an egg out and put it in the woman, and there it is, Right? So that's when a woman say, I don't need the help of a man. Yes, you do. How did you get the egg? See what I'm saying? Ignorant going to see. So what I'm saying, we all need each other. And God set it up that way. This is why in the Bible he had them in twos. And the reason why he had them in twos, they were there working together. But guess what? Both of them was trained the same way. You did not have anybody 
that was trained, well, actually Apollos, some of them were still going on John the Baptist, and John had already left here, and they were still teaching about John, the way John was baptizing and all of this, but guess what? Priscilla and Aquila came in, and they showed Apollos the right way. He was on fire. He had a zeal, but they said, uh-uh, you, you ain't there yet. You can't be the witness that you need to be, so they had to pull him aside and get him to the place. See, this is what we're supposed to do. So what's happening amongst us? We have so much tradition that the traditions of men is making the word of God of none effect. This is why we have to stick totally to the way that God want it to be. So when we have people out there trying to cast out devils, but don't, do not have these manifestation gifts, then they're going to be like the seven sons of Sceva. He said, the demon said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? And they left running naked and bruised. So you got people that don't have the power to come upon them because they say, I don't need that power. I have all of the Holy Spirit I need. Go ahead out there and deal with a devil and let's see what you got. Because see, if you're not getting taught the word of God and trained the right way, you will go out there and think, I can handle that spirit of Python. I can handle this spirit of Jezebel. They'll eat you alive. They'll eat you for lunch. And then you'll be so scared to come out of your house. You don't want to mess with nobody else no more. It is the truth, y'all. You got to know you have to be trained in these things. I remember when I first started out, I had got my first assignment, and this lady told me, she said, um, you, um, we was going to this person's house to do, to deliver somebody. And I, you remember that, Jennifer, I don't know if you were in on that one. But anyway, I, I was not going. <laughs> I wasn't going because I, I was kind of scared. I was like, no, I ain't going to deal with that because I don't know nothing about that stuff. But I remember that night I lay down and had a dream. And in the dream, God told me, I have chosen seven. And you're one of the seven that I have chosen. But that had nothing to do with that deliverance. So when I told that lady that, she said, see, I told you, you're supposed to go with us. But I still had a tug in my spirit. And she said, we're going to all wear red and white. Red represent the blood and white represent purity. Come on now, if you don't know nothing about the blood and you don't know nothing about purity, you might as well go naked, right? So we got to the house, and this is so funny, y'all. We did stuff ignorantly, and God winks at ignorance, right? And we had to walk around this house in the dark. Back there in the woods, don't even know what we're going to walk into, but we're going around the house big and bold. Thank God for protection, because out of our ignorance. So when we get in the house, y'all, I'm sitting there like this. But as I was sitting there like that, God was moving. He was showing me things, but I was afraid to say anything. Long story short, when God have not sent you to a place, don't go. Don't try to be something that you haven't developed in yet. Because if you have not developed in that gift, you're going to make a fool of yourself. You're going to look ignorant, and you're going to try to do something that you have not developed in to do. Especially if you're not in the word of God, getting the word for yourself, hearing God for yourself, knowing what to do and how to do it. But I'm going to tell you, through some of my adventures that I have had, God has raised me up in those adventures to know when to go and when not to go. And I learned this. If the spirit of God don't send you, don't go. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you're going in flesh. When God say go, as you notice in the word of God, Everywhere they went, they were preaching. 
the good news of the kingdom. And as they went, the gifts manifest. So I want to tell you this. If you out and you being a disciple and you doing what Matthew 28 tell you to do, guess what? They did not go out until they were trained. They went out with Jesus because they were up under him. And Jesus was training them through um, watching him. And as they watched him, as they got the word of God, Jesus would send them out. But when Jesus left, Jesus said, now I want you to go into all the world. And I want you to preach. I want you to command them and teach them to observe everything that I have given you. I want you to make disciples. So they were ready to go out and do what Jesus done. Isn't this funny? Jesus, that one body which walked the earth, when he left, he left himself amongst the church. So those disciples, when they went, he, he got his apostles. Those apostles began to make other disciples. They began to raise them up and train them. And you remember Philip in Acts chapter 8. If you go back and read it, you will understand what I'm going over. Philip began to preach the good news concerning the kingdom. As he preached, guess what? People were healed. They were delivered and they were set free. But guess what? The apostles had to come in on the scene and give them the Holy Ghost. That was their part. Why didn't Philip Philip do that? Philip didn't do it. The apostles came in and they done it. Philip done what he was sent to do. Then somebody else come in. They were working together, but it was for the same cause. So what am I telling you? If Miracle Temple is getting the same training, and it's coming from the word of God. When you go out in twos, I'll use Tyson and Calvin. Let's say they hang out. They go out in twos. They're just going out for a good breakfast one Sunday morning before they come to church. They're going out for breakfast, and they're sitting at the table. And all of a sudden, Brother Tyson is telling Calvin, I'm sensing that this person over here needs some help. And Brother Calvin is saying, you know what? I got your back. I'm with you. If you say, if you feel as if that person need help, I'm with you. So Tyson go over there and Tyson begin to say, how are you doing? I just want you to know that God loves you, but God is telling me on this morning that you've been concerned about your household. You've been looking for jobs and you've been turned down on those jobs. Tyson didn't even think this in his head. He just began to go on the unction. And he began to tell him, you know, you've been turned down on jobs, but God has sent me to you, first of all, to let you know, Monday morning, God has shown you a place to go. God is saying, go to that place, that job is waiting. He said, but God said, don't worry about gas. Here's the money for your gas. God bless you. Then Calvin is sitting there, and he's right behind Brother Tyson. Let's say he's an exhorter. And when Tyson finished, he go up to him and he said, man, be encouraged. Because I was in your situation once too. He said, I felt like I couldn't make it either. But I am what I am because of the grace of God. Are they working together? Let's say that if they were not working together, Tyson got the unction. And he over there giving him what God is saying through a word of knowledge. And all of a sudden, let's say Calvin gets jealous. And he began to try to come in and do like Tyson is doing. And the man is looking like a deer in headlight. Because that was for him, not him. See, that's why you got to stay in your lane. 
you got to back up and you got to let the spirit of God do what he need to do. He know what's invested in Calvin. He know what's invested in Brother Tyson. So we don't get jealous just because somebody is moving a certain way. We're there to help with whatever God wants us to help with. And I guarantee you, he is not going to send two people and one of them are going to sit there idle. They're going to do something. How about Peter and John? When Peter told the lame man, look on us. He didn't say, look on me, did he? He said, look on us. But then he began to say, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, what he say? I give unto thee, but such as I do have, I give unto thee. Rise up. See, you got to understand, he knew his gift. The gift of healing was there. Why? Because he come up on this man and that gift began to stir up in him. What am I telling you? Y'all, it ain't no freak show. It ain't trying to go from profit to profit to see what you can get. See, these meetings that these prophets supposed to be holding, supposed to raise other people up in this gift. The meetings that supposed to be held is to get people where they need to be, not for gain for yourself. It is to teach people kingdom the way the kingdom's supposed to be. So if you're going up into a meeting, you shouldn't be going up in that meeting to try to get something if you're getting it here. Because if God got something for you, he's going to open it up in the person there to confirm what you already getting. How many times y'all had people to come right here, give you the same thing, the same word. And some people act like they ain't never had it before. Act like they ain't never heard it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. They get excited. Oh, Lord Jesus, how many times are you going to hear that? That's about the fifth fallout. It's the truth. That's about the fifth fallout. Amen, man. Because, see, when you have the word in you, you don't have to get so, uh, you know, emotionally wrought that you act like you ain't heard it before. See, this is why you're getting taught up in here because wherever else you go, you're going to know what truth is. You ain't going to be astounded. Most people that meet Miracle Temple people, this is what they say. Why they don't say nothing? Because <laughs> they're taught. They're listening. They, they don't get up and say, preach. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you don't need all of that. When you know the truth, yeah, your, your baby is leaping and is carrying on because you know you're hearing truth. You say, man, that's true. Thank you, God. It's stirring you up. But you don't get to the point that you running around like a monkey with your head cut off. You sitting there, you just glorifying God and saying, Lord, I thank you for the truth. Sanctify me. Set me apart, Lord, in truth. Why? Because you know how the body of Christ operate, y'all. When we know how the body of Christ operate, we don't get out of order. We operate accordingly. And this is why when you know your place in the body of Christ, nobody should disencourage you. Everybody in the body of Christ are there for one another. We all brothers and sisters. So let's say Barbara, she's down and she's out. Somebody that have an exhorter, they're going to go to her and say, Sister Barbara, God said it's all well. God said you shall make it. You shall succeed. Don't worry about the job. God got you on that job. Sometimes you feel like quitting. They're going from exhorting to prophesying. <laughs> See, this is what the Lord does. And he will have you to sense these different things. Because guess what, y'all? It's all in the body of Christ. 
You don't have to depend on one person. You don't have to depend on me to give you a word. When you get into the word of God, God is going to give you what you need. But sometime when you disencourage, he'll use anybody in the body of Christ that's operating in these seven gifts that know that place to come up to you and encourage you to show compassion, to be a giver unto you. This is what happens. Some people get mad when people give. Why are you mad? That's just how they, they, their gift. Don't shut them down. But every time I turn around, they're always giving something. Don't get mad. Jennifer always giving clothes. And I go back here, y'all, if y'all want to find something. I ain't seen it there lately, by the way. Somebody must have took it. I go back there. I said, did Jennifer think this is a closet? <laughs> Hanging right there by the door like, Pick and choose, whatever you want. Don't say nothing. Just hang it right there by the door and walk on in. And she can't get rid of her stuff because the more she give it out, the more she find. This is what, because that's what she do. She just give it and don't think nothing of it. Some people clothes get too little, they pray. I'm going to get back in that. I don't have the money to buy nothing else. I'm going to get back in that. You buy your girl or that still don't help. God is saying it's time to get, get rid of it. I can't give you something else if you don't get rid of what you have. That's not a giver. A giver will give what they have and end up with nothing. This is what happens. So these teachings should help you to understand where you fit in the body of Christ. And if you know where you fit, you'll get out of somebody else's lane because you know you're causing havoc. Amen. All of this, these gifts, Jesus walked in. So let me start off with Jesus and give you scriptures on him and these seven motivational gifts. And you can focus on this, and then I'll go back through this again. And the next gift I go over is teacher. How about that? Okay, Jesus as a perceiver. I went over this before, but I'll give you. Um, he only spoke what he heard his father speak, John twelve forty nine. He was truth, John 14, 6. If I'm going too fast, you know you can go back. He saw into people's hearts, Matthew 12, 34. He hated evil, Matthew 21, 12 through 13. He was frank and outspoken, Matthew 23, 27. I'm going to go over it one more time. I heard somebody say thank you. He spoke only what he heard the father speak. John 12, 49. He was truth. John 14, 6. He saw into people's hearts. Matthew 12, 34. He hated evil. Matthew 21, 12 through 13. He was frank and outspoken. Matthew 23, 27. Let's talk about him being a server. He demonstrated service. John 13, 5. He exalted serving, Mark 10, 43 through 45. I only got two on that, that one. He demonstrated service, John 13, 5. He exalted serving, Mark 10, 43 through 45. If you follow these scriptures on Jesus, you will know where you are because he left the, these in the body of Christ. God left these in the body of Christ because he wanted him as being amongst us a teacher he taught god's truth matthew 13 31 he quoted scriptures 
Matthew 4, verse 4. He built on scripture truth, Matthew 5, 21 through 22. As a teacher, he taught God's truth, Matthew 13, 31. He quoted scripture, Matthew 4, 4. He built on scriptural truth, Matthew 5, 21 through 22. I'm going to stop there. I'm giving you those three because if I go any further, I don't think y'all can take it. I'm going to give you those three on Jesus as a perceiver, a server, and a teacher. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not hard for each individual in this place to recognize where you fit in the body of Christ. Because if you're a perceiver, it shouldn't be hard for you to know. If you're a server, it shouldn't be hard for you to know. If you're a teacher, it shouldn't be hard for you to know. One thing I want you to know is it's not a struggle. You will not struggle in any of these gifts because this is who you were even before you got saved. And you should, you're going to be better at it after you get saved because the Holy Spirit is going to step in and empower you for the gift that you're holding. So don't get discouraged. And I believe, y'all, if Miracle Temple really take these teachings to heart, then you won't look at yourself as a nobody as a person that's at least important because some people think that just because they know more of the word than somebody else, they're more important. I beg you to differ. Apollos knew the scriptures. He spoke the scriptures like he was on fire, but they had to pull him out and let him know, no, you, you, you need to be, uh, you need to learn more. So see people that have the gifts, um, of the fivefold, they're going to know where people are. They should know where people are. So stay in your lane. Don't get in a hurry to be a part of these ministry gifts because if you have, if you don't even know what these motivational gifts is, some people don't even know about these motivational gifts, so they're talking against people who's operating in them thinking that they're going too far. That show me that you still unlearned. Because if we got a giver in the church, a server in the church, a perceiver in the church, or we got somebody that's compassionate in the church, um, we got all these in the church, and somebody is saying, I wish they sit down, I wish they shut up. You know, an exhorter is always coming in. Baby, it's okay. We're going to get this right. We're going to make it. And then let's say somebody come in and say, just tell them to sit down somewhere. Don't, you don't have to encourage them. They know what they're doing. And let's say that person in the body of Christ is a pastor. What kind of pastor is that? That's nasty. We speak truth in love. That's what we do. We speak truth in love. So if you don't know about these motivational gifts, don't talk nobody down because they are serving well. Because they're doing what they need to be doing. Don't talk them down because some people have a habit of talking people down but don't know what they do. And if you don't know what they do, you need to keep your mouth off of them. So Miracle Temple, by you learn, and please don't put nobody in a position just because they serve. I already know who serve and who don't supposed to. Some people think people serve because they jump out and do it, but I beg you to differ. We got hypocrites in the church that's playing hypocrite they act like this is what they are, and they can't maintain it. A server, you're going to know a good server because they get on your nerves sometimes. They in everything. They want to help in everything. Every time you look, they want to do. And sometimes you want to shut them down. 
but you don't shut them down because they keep on doing. You find them somewhere else. But you're going to know the ones that's playing that role to make people think that's how they are. Because a good server, like I went over before, if we're in the kitchen and somebody wants something, they're going to be a good server at home with their own husband. I'm going to use Julia and Manny because I know they won't get offended. If Julia come out here and be in the kitchen laughing and serving and everything and fixing everybody's plate and her husband is sitting there and he's sitting there waiting on his plate and Manny's still sitting there and she turn around and she look at Quan. I don't know what your brother's still sitting there for. He need to get off his behind and go and get a plate. And let's say my husband come through the line, hey, Pastor, hey, Brother James, what can I get you? Sit down, Julia. That ain't right, is it? But then somebody come up to her, Gloria, I'm using her for an uh, an instant, and Gloria come up to her and say, Julia, the Lord told me that you were a server. You serve well. Live from the pit of hell. (laughs) See what I'm saying? Somebody trying to tell somebody where they belong, so now Julia going to work harder at it and treating the husband even worse. So when they go home, she sit down, she prop up her, her feet, and she turn on Lifetime, and then Manny say, hey, baby, what we going to eat now? I don't know what you're going to eat, but I know what I'm going to eat. <laughs> then she come back to the church, and she give a lot of suggestions. See, y'all got to watch as well as pray. <laughs> You better know who's amongst you and who's faking it to make it. Because a person that's really a good server, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how bad it gets. They're going to continue to do what they do. And how do they do it? Through the grace of God. I don't care how people put them down. They continually go in their word. They continually seek God and say, God, I know this is what you have in me to do. And I bind every demon that's coming at me. You're going to stand on who you are. You're not going to take offense when people come at you. You're going to know because the Lord is going to give you discerning of spirits and say, don't listen to what they're saying. That's the spirit. That's not them. So this is why you need the manifestation gifts. You cannot operate in the body of Christ without the manifestation of the spirit to let you know what's going on amongst you through discerning of spirits. Ain't God good? Jesus had to have all of this to operate. And why do we think that we don't need it? Because somebody has told people, you don't need all that to be saved. I beg you to differ. So that's why people do not want other people coming into their local churches and shifting things. Because they say we all right just like we are. I beg you to differ. That's not how God has patterned the church. I'm going to leave this with you. And I was watching a video Thea had giving it to me, and it reminded me of something. Um, we went to this church, and uh, before we went, I told y'all this before, but um, before I went to the church, I said, Lord, I don't know what this church need, but I know you know. And so the Lord had given me a message, and in the message he told me, he said, I want you to get a piece, uh, a picture of a piece of chicken, a donut, and a piece of fish. I'm like, What? He said, I want you to get those three pictures, have them laminated. Now, I put Harold on the job. Let me tell you something about Harold. Harold is a private eye. Anything you ask Harold to do, he's going to do it to the T. He's a good server now. He's, he have that mixed emotion stuff, but he's a good server. Harold got me some pretty pictures, made me hungry. 
laminated those pictures and I said okay God I got the pictures I don't know what you want me to do with them but I'm gonna do what you tell me to do so we got down there to the church and see when you know your position in the body of Christ and what you do when God sent me the churches he sent me to that church to bring order to show them how the church supposed to run to root up and tear down all these strongholds to false doctrine so miracle temple if you up in this house guess what you gonna want order because that's what you up under. Anyway, we went into the church, and it was funny. And then I had three people to line up with these pictures, and God was telling me to tell them, quit selling these things to fulfill what God has called you to do. If God has called you to something, you don't have to sell chicken plates, fish plates, and donuts. So I'm just speaking the way the Holy Spirit told me to speak. And the pastor behind me that invited me to come, her eyes were big and buck. So at the end of the service, she stood up and made an announcement and said, I know this is God because we owe rent for this building. And I tried to sell chicken, fish to get the rent for the building. But this, this is the clicker right here. At the end, a little boy come out of the kitchen and asked me if I want a donut. She said, take that donut back in the kitchen. She looked at me and she said, yep, we tried to sell donuts too. So what am I saying? When I know my position and you are followers up under the position that I hold, when I go somewhere, you shouldn't be ashamed of who I am. When God had me to speak boldly out, you shouldn't be ducking. You should know what the word is saying. So this is what I'm saying. My husband was ducking when he was going out with me because he didn't quite know the position I stood. <laughs> he was looking for doors to get out of because it was hot up in there. So he was trying to be my protector until he really understood the way that God was operating in my life. So when you know your lane, you stay in your lane and you do what God has called you to do in that lane. And I'm giving y'all all this about me because I know where I come from. And then it was another church I went to, and they wanted me to do something for the youth. It was a youth revival. I said, okay. So I got in there to do what I needed to do for the youth. And y'all, it looked like nothing was moving. So at the end of the service, I knew that God had sent me in there for what he told me to do. And this is funny. The spirit began to move. As the spirit began to move, it was just like everything God called out on these children, nobody was moving. But at the end of the service, y'all, these kids was crying. And I'll never forget this. Brother John, bless his heart. I remember I had a red pocketbook. And I was coming out. And as I was coming out, people were coming out behind me, trying to pull on me to hear what God wanted to say. Y'all, it got so intense. You remember, honey? I left my pocketbook up under the head of somebody that got slain in the spirit, and I went to the car. I said, this is enough, because it was just like people just hoovering, hoovering. So when I got to the car, Brother John said, Pastor, why you leave us like that? <laughs> I said, John, you're supposed to know what to do when I'm not there. And he said, and you left your pocketbook too? I said, give me my pocketbook, boy. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, when you train, you're going to know. You're going to know what's going on. Last one I'm going to give you is we went to a service. It was way over there in Southport, I believe. You remember, Miss Mary, did you go with us? It was this um, little white church, Supply. We went over there, and y'all, God told me, he said, I don't want you to eat anything for three days. just want you to drink grape juice. So for three days, I had to fix their food 
and drink nothing but grape juice and get in the word, just being obedient. So we got over there and I was sitting down and as I was sitting there, I began to speak in tongues low. Brother Kenny and Brother John was looking at me like this. Oh, Lord, she see something. Then they start speaking in tongues. I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Can he speak in tongues low without somebody looking at me? Long story short, when the service started moving, God said there's witchcraft in this church. And there was a person in the midst of that church, y'all, that the lady said nobody would mess with this person because they were afraid of this person. I'm here to tell you, people were throwing up randomly. Just throwing up, just manifesting, just that quick, just manifesting. And I mean, people were delivered that night at that place. What am I saying? Why am I telling you this? Because if I was not obedient to the spirit, hearing what God wanted me to do at that time, I would have went over there and tried to take on something in my own flesh. But God prepared me for where he was taking me and people got healed, delivered and set free. So the things that I'm giving you, is to help you with your journey, with your walk, with the Lord. Some people get so excited when they see people healed, delivered, getting the word. Don't you get excited? Man, God used me. Why wouldn't he use you? He's training you to use you. You shouldn't get excited because God spoke a word through you. And then when, when yeah, I know it's exciting because you're like, wow. And then this is how God used me. I can call a person up and God ain't said nothing. He just said, call them up. I call them up, be obedient to the spirit, and I have to keep my focus. When I'm ministering, I don't see nothing going on around me. I remember one, se- one time in um, ministry, this happened a lot of times. We had people from the door all the way up here. God would send me through the whole line, ministering to the whole line. And I knew it was the power of God because me, myself, had been tore up and wore out. And I remember my husband, protector, I get up here, I meet the person. Him and Kathy would pull me back. I had to speak to that man. I said, don't touch me. I said, when I'm in the spirit, we had to be on one accord. I said, don't touch me. Because when I'm moving by the spirit, it takes my focus. Let me go. Leave me alone. He said, I'm just trying to help you. I said, honey, I know you're trying to help, but don't touch me. When you flowing in the spirit and when God is using you, you got to stay focused on what God is doing because you're not trying to, I don't worry about, man, they had it, they throwing up. Let me get out of the way. No, all of that is not even in my mind. It's being led by the spirit. So what I'm telling you is in these teachings, I want people to operate and function in what God has given them. And sometimes the only thing you have to do is open your mouth. And the spirit of God will begin to manifest himself through you. But if you're trying to think of something to say to somebody, don't say nothing. If you're trying to think of something, or I remember when God would have me operating and I'm getting people trained to do it, it was this one particular person that would try to take over. And I watched them. And people began to count on that person, but they found out that person wasn't fully delivered. That person was going through themselves, and that person admitted it. So what am I telling you? While you're getting trained, you need the word. And if you're not in your word at home, don't be trying to go out there and trying to tell somebody something, and you can't back it up in the word. 
The word is your final authority. Don't let no ministers tell you, you this or you that. You need to be doing this. This is what you prophesy to them. What do you need to be doing? Stay in your lane. You got ministers pulling people out of other people's local churches to pull them into their ministry for money. They will tell you, you got a gift, your pastor know it, you need to come over here and let me get you where you need to be. How in the world can they pull a person out and make them a pastor the next day? And they haven't been trained. They don't even know what a disciple is. They don't even get out to bed early enough to go to work. But now they got them behind the pulpit pastoring, telling people something. It won't last, that's a novice. So that's why I take the time that I do to make sure you know what you know. Not Some people say, she don't want me doing nothing because she think I'm going to be better than her. Please. I am what I am because of him, not because of you or nobody else. So God already know my position. I ain't trying to overstep nobody. God got me where I need to be. I don't have to come to your level. You don't have to come to mine. Because God give each individual in this place what they need to function. So we stay in our lane. Amen. So I pray that this teaching is helping you to get what you need. And guess what your apostle did? I got you some sheets to help you out. Oh, y'all clapping on that, right? I took the time out. And these, this is the differences of the gifts. I got the operation, the administrations, and the manifestation with the scriptures, with everything that's under it. So that way you will have a guideline to go back and look at that will help you out. I don't know about y'all, but I like my stuff organized so I can go back and flip through and say, oh, okay, that's where she got that from. So if somebody asks you, well, what is an operational gift? Why do you say operational? Why do you say motivation? It motivates you. It's operating amongst you. That's why they, I'm saying this so you understand. So they're right here for anybody that want them at the end of service. They're sitting right here for you to have a guideline. Do we have any announcements at this time? Um, and Quana, 